The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to take some time and listen to the show. The Sharon Kleina Hour, Power of Water is the focus. On the planet Earth that we're all living on in the solar system, you could stand back away from the planet Earth and take a peek at it as an individual, and you would say, oh my gosh, Earth has water. You, we must understand that the water has made our life on Earth what it is. And without the water, there would be no planet Earth. Now, what is that doing to affect the, the rest of the solar system? Earth has water to affect the whole solar system. What if it begins to de- diminish and we're not taking care of it? So we say the Power of Water radio talk show has a human mission for a healthier planet. We need to understand that every day thousands of children are dying every day on Earth without water and sanitation, almost 5,000 children a day, innocent children dying a day without water and sanitation. We're hearing about what's happening in Haiti after those millions and millions of dollars went over to Haiti. Very sincerely, did they make sure to focus on the water and sanitation first? I don't think they did because now they're having a serious cholera problem. And if we've been focusing on the money to have priorities for health reasons, kind of like they did in Chile, once they found out those miners were alive, what did they do? I could not believe they began to think about nothing else but their health down there. 2,000 feet below, making sure they all would be healthy and come up from 2,000 feet below to the surface of the earth and have a chance to be healthy. That was their priority. Did you notice that? They were all cheering on better health. The show, The Power of Water, is dedicated to the planet, and what we can do together. We've had some of the most exciting guests on from all over the world, uh, physicians and surgeons and scientists and Nobel Prize winners and NASA in the United Nations and people out there in the world that are giving their lives for a better place to live. The radio talk show is wanting to concern itself with the life-threatening water wars that are not discussed by the news media or the environmental people. It wants to discuss global water and health issues and bring it to a focus like some of the media we've been noticing has been doing recently. We want to think about dehydration of the planet Earth, which means water loss. The moment you were born, you entered in the air you breathed from a pocket of water, and all of a sudden you began a life called dehydration. 
No two eyes are alike, no two complexion skin alike, no two fingerprints alike. Each person has a different dehydration. Loss of water. That is something that must be educated and we must research from moment of birth, not later. We know that water access and sanitation are vital, but the United States is also going, even though we're syndicated and we go into other parts of the world to do our show with guests, we have to recognize the United States, as aggressive as it is, and it's got people who became billionaires with the environment, they didn't think about the priority of water. It's a vital. Water in the United States should be a priority. Think about those innocent children on the earth. They're depending upon us, maturity, and, uh, and using common sense. The show today is absolutely, I've always said, our guests make this show. We have Dr. Melvin Kirshner, MD, from, who has a, from Granada Hills in California, who's been practicing for a long time to teach people, author a book, that your medicine could be your minefield. In other words, the medicine cabinet may not be what you think it is if you haven't been educating yourself about who you are and being more proactive about your personal health. Our second guest is Art Bernstein, who's been on our show many, many times. Art is a naturalist and author of many hiking books, and today he's going to talk to us about the Warner Lakes and the Heart Mountain National Range uh, here in Oregon, which is so exciting. Uh, Oregon, as you all know, is made up of mountains and no end of water. And that's where my show is coming from, Grants Pass, Oregon. I am an Oregon Oregonian. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist. Did you know at the surface of your eye, when that eye lip opens at birth, you have a surface of water, natural water, that gives you the electrolytic ability for eyesight to have a vision to see, to have the vision, to have able to uh, carry on, live your life with a method of seeing things and, and visioning the world and hopefully being very healthy. Did you know that an eye drop can flood the tear film? that Nature's Tears Eye Mist is a supplement for 100% all-water, tissue-culture-grade water with just a mist to supplement. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and we'll be right back with Dr. Kirshner. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel.
listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Kirshner, are you with us? Yes. Well, thank you for joining us today. I've been reading about you and your past and what you decided to dedicate your thinking and um, I'll call it uh, mission to. Um, tell us a little bit about you. And uh, I didn't say anything to our audience yet about where, where you're going to come today to, for our education. I've ca- a doctor, I call this a laboratory radio talk show. You're going to be the professor and you're going to teach us what, you, what you've been learning. Well, it's interesting that you talked about water a few minutes ago. While I was in medical school, I worked for the California Health Department, and much of what I did was water. I checked water supply, bottled water, ocean water, uh, water uh, rivers, and so on uh, throughout the state. And uh, frankly, the water wasn't very good. No. So I I drink only distilled water because I can taste the contaminants that are in the water, and they were there believe it or not, in the 1950s. I know, and that's why when years ago, I'm as of March of 2011, we'll be on the air for four years, and several years ago when they said, would you do a radio talk in my background, and I've always liked to be educating uh, health people about their health and what I do in my research and more, and I said, only if I, I'm going to call it the power of water, and at the time, a lot of people thought, oh, my gosh, who's going to be watching and listening and whatever. But isn't it interesting how four years later the world is listening well enough to come on television and all over the world. They've been talking about the crisis, and, and, and we brought on the head of the United Nations. We've been part of the World Water Week in Sweden. Uh, we've been over in Kenya. We've been all over the place in Holland with our show talking to guests about what's going on with the issues and the crisis and the lack, doctor, of education. Everything, you know, I believe that's where you come from, is we know that people have a lot to learn because we became programmed about compounds to be patented in medication and whatever it may be. It could be the sugar. It could be anything um, nutritional uh, directions that are temptation to us because it's a quick fix or a quick taste. And you've decided to focus on directions of people being more proactive about what they put in their mouth and what they do with the medicine cabinet. I call it, probably would call it nature's pharma first. In other words, what are you thinking about people's proactiveness to learn more about what is happening in the medical field? Well, it's interesting you should talk about that because there's been a tremendous amount of false and incorrect information coming over in the form of advertising for the pharmaceutical industry and the insurance industry. The fact of the matter is that all medicines are poison, which is the name of my book. I don't say that uh, you shouldn't take those poisons, but you have to weigh the value. If the effect of the benefit of the medicine is greater than the risks of not taking it, you take the medicine. But there are risks, and if the risks are greater than the effect, you don't take the medicine. 
Recently, the food and drug has been, well, I say recently, in the last 10 years, Food and Drug Administration has been taking drugs off the market or limiting their use because the companies somehow failed to mention a lot of the side effects and bad effects and uselessness that these drugs have. Uh, in the book, All Medicine, Not Poison, I talk about that. I talk about alternative medicine. Uh, the fact that I talk about alternative medicine doesn't necessarily mean that I prefer alternative medicine. I used whatever method was required to make my patients feel better and get better. Well, you do say here every, everything we do has a risk and benefit ratio. And the fact that uh, you say that the medicine might be a poison, but it doesn't mean it's going to kill you, but it means that you need to be... I have a pet word, and follow me for a second, that I, I really like, the word proactive. You know, when a person gets out of bed, doctor, we've got to start taking a personal responsibility with our feet on the ground to think about who we are, what, how are we... We've got to drink eight to ten glasses of water because we are water. In fact, we are the water. You know, there's a saying that um, the, that we need water to replace ourselves. People don't think about that because we're walking water. But they've also got to realize that you need to get to know who you are, the person, each person. Be more taken much such a much much more exciting interest in yourself. Uh, you know, doctor, the other day I ran into someone and. And she's probably about 75 somewhere. And her husband's been ill for a long time and a very beautiful, attractive lady. And you could just see her worn out. And I said to her, I said, how are you taking care of yourself with all of this, um, taking care of your husband? She said, it is so hard. And I said, well, you've got to realize you've got to take care of your own health because you are a miracle. This is you. You've got to think about when every day you get up having a regimen of your own that you've got to stick to to be a healthy person for you because she doesn't have any diseases. She doesn't have anything wrong. But taking care of another person is very vulnerable, and sometimes we don't take care of ourselves. But, Doctor, you're here today to teach us. I believe that the poison is not going to maybe, maybe kill you, but you have to use your head. Use some common sense. Uh, they are pulling off medications off the market. Uh, the warning signs I'll share with you. Uh, do you notice that a lot of people don't pay any attention to the warning signs on the medication anyway? Have you noticed that? Oh, yes, and I'm afraid some of my colleagues don't pay attention either. Uh, I speak to them, I lecture to them, and I tell them, you don't prescribe a medicine where the side effects are going to be more harmful than the medicine's benefit. And so where do you come from for our audience to think about? What do we learn to do here? Uh, what, do, what does the audience need to be thinking about? Okay, it depends upon what, what the illness is and how important it is to get the illness better. Um, the use of medicines is sometimes required. If you've got a very severe infection from a anti, from a biotic uh, a, a bacteriology that can be treated with the antibiotic. It's true that your body may fight off that infection without the help of an antibiotic, but people do die. I'll give you the best example. 
was the 1918 flu example, which killed one out of every five people on the earth. And the most recent one, I was in charge of the San Fernando Valley um, in, uh, infection a few years ago with the uh, flu, and uh, there was one in 50 that had any problems with it, and very rarely die, did anybody die. As it turned out, halfway through the, uh, we were treating everybody for free because the government was paying for it. Halfway through the uh, treatments, we found that the drug was causing some problems, and we stopped the drug, and in spite of that, the uh, uh, epidemic didn't occur. You know what I thought about at the time, Doctor? Did you notice that we had these fabulous uh, educational campaigns going on, keep your hands clean, all the sanitation sanitizers came out on the shelf, even in the dollar store. You could go buy them for a dollar a, a bottle uh, container. People started thinking about wash their hands, wash your hands, be cautious. Uh, use your elbow to cough into your elbow, not your hands. We got a really good education program going on that I had never seen uh, in my life. Do you think that had something to do with it, that people were being more proactive? Well, I think to a degree, but I think that the uh, uh, the drug that was being used did help, even though it caused trouble for some people. One of them was my own patient. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as the danger of this and the danger of that. We have lots of dangers. When I was a young doctor, 50 years ago, I tried to get my patients to stop smoking, to limit alcoholic beverages, and to do various things, not to get fat, not to eat too much uh, fat. Sugar. And uh, yet they never listened to me. Uh, people would come in, and when I started, there was everybody was smoking. Well, I have to tell you one. I'm the founder of a hospital auxiliary. I, I'm, by the way, I'm 69, uh-huh. and I way back in time, uh, when I was young, I was very active in the American Cancer Society, President of American Cancer Society, on the State Board of Health, and more here in Oregon. And along the way, I would help them find. I was became founder of a hospital auxiliary, and here came an era where um, some of our um, Auxiliary women smoked and some didn't. Most most of them didn't, but some did. And uh, all of a sudden, the ones who didn't started uh, trying to embarrass the ones who did. So they, uh, what I decided to do is create a kind of a mediator of maybe we could figure this out because the ones who were smoking were so embarrassed about and very much on an ego. They had a choice in life to smoke to death. And uh, I'm looking at it that way, by the way, everybody, uh, audience. And because uh, you're not a smokestack, you're not a TP, Indian TP, uh, you're a living organism that the smoke has no place to go except for to dehydrate you to death. Now, did I say that okay, doctor? <laughs> anyway, um, we, it was an era way back that all of a sudden people decided to do something about it, and it was an uprising. We almost lost the hospital auxiliary over it because people, not in the hospital, but in the meetings, and they didn't want to quit smoking. Yes, I know, and I was part of the <clears throat> group that saw to it that as much as possible we would not permit smoking 
in an atmosphere where the non-smokers would be inhaling the smokers' uh, smoke. Yeah. So that the meetings we had prohibited smoking, even though yeah. many of the people, they would step outside and smoke. We have come so far, and we're going to take a break with our sponsor in a minute, but, you know, we're, we're touching on the world of the past, and we're coming forward and I'll almost call it nature's pharma first. In other words, let's think about the nature of your life and the persons themselves. Uh, where are they coming from? And the audience begin to think about what are they going to do? Let's say they feel that something isn't right. How do they begin to understand that don't think about the medicine cabinet first, but maybe there's something they need to know in their diet or maybe they're not drinking enough water could be a big one. But when we come back from our sponsor, Dr. Kirshner, you tell us what you think people should do to live their lives, what you're, what you're learning that people need to be educated about. And um, let's make this a real learning show for them to think out, uh, about who they are, how they might learn to live a different life than they've been leading if they've decided that in the past that they had to have a medication or they couldn't figure it out. Um, would you wait there for us? And sure. we're going to be right back, Dr. Kirshner. Right. We'll be right back. Well, listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist with Just a Mist. We'll be right back with Dr. Kirshner. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You're listening to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinerHour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Kirshner, I was noticing in some of your written literature also, the United States is statistically, um, health care is like 37th in the world. How can a country as, as generous and charitable, uh, concerning of all life, be 37th in the world. What do you, what, where did that come from? Well, for one thing, for, uh, 49 million people have no insurance so that they don't go to the doctor if they can avoid it. Uh, if they do have an emergency, they go to the emergency room, and all of the emergency rooms are full of patients. Uh, the cost of care in emergency rooms is tremendous. In California, where I live, a law was passed that the emergency room could not charge people who could not afford to uh, pay. 
and yet provide them with the emergency care. At the hospitals I service, we have special rooms where the nurse practitioners can treat minor things, and the more serious things are treated by the doctor. But if everybody had insurance and everybody had a family doctor, this would not be a, a emergency room-filling society, and we wouldn't be 47th in the world because preventive medicine uh, is much more important than treating medicine uh, for the average person. Now, when we're th- or 37th, you said here um, in the world, have you stopped? Uh, have you evaluated in your analysis to un- to think out um, with what I've had to do with my studies? Um, that we have 50 states called 50 countries, and uh, I call them 50 countries, full of we lost our nutrition habits, uh, where other countries of the world may, uh, might have a little better nutrition habit. Um, because I'm, I'm not going to blame, I'm real funny about uh, insurance companies. Um, I've said long ago they're publicly held, they're butting up against the investor who wants them to make money, Who? how many people have uh, their retirement plans and their 401ks invested in publicly held companies to make money. Are they concerning themselves uh, with their investment return? If the co- if the insurance company isn't making money, they're going to change insurance companies. Um, I'm saying that is something to think about. The other one I often bring up, doctor, is the fact that maybe we got into very bad habits with our eating because we're very, we entertain ourselves with eating. And uh, those nerve endings on our tongue got to where we love the taste uh, of carbohydrates and, and uh, the uh, calories uh, and the sugar and whatever because it gives us a really good rush of a sensation of a lot of fun to eat. And uh, all of a sudden we find out we're not eating enough raw vegetables. And a lot of our food is coming from such distances of the world when the United States used to have huge agriculture. And all of a sudden, why are we not, why are we not in agriculture? Because that, that way our food would come closer to home. What is your thinking about all of that? Um, um, people have got to change their habits. I don't care if you, you know, I look at somebody who might be homeless and they go into having some food at a food, uh, at a, at the Salvation Army or wherever, and they're getting good food. But they're leaving there with whatever, and sometimes they might have a healthier except for some ways of living. But people have are eating way too much horrible food um, that is so hard on their health, and they can't digest it. Well, you know, the magic word for heart is fat. And, yes, you have to have some lipids, fats, in your diet, but most of the American foods are too, uh, have too much fat, yeah. and we eat too much fat. I think the patient has to trim the, f- the fat from the food they eat, uh, limit how much uh, fatty meat they eat, eat more fish, um, eat the vegetables, but you know, we're in a crazy society. I like eggs. You know what's happening to eggs currently? They're infected with disease. So I eat hard-boiled eggs so that I kill the germ. How in the world did hundreds of millions of eggs get infected with salmonella and not be stopped? As a former inspector, 
I would think that they would have been stopped from being delivered. So, you know, the, the profit comes before the uh, safety of our society with some people and some industries. Uh, I always was very careful about what I did with my patients, took time with them, explained to them why they didn't need a medicine, why they should eat this way, uh, get exercise, and I still made a very nice living. Mm-hmm. Um, you have been in, How long have you been involved in, in what you do? I started, uh, I, I'm 84 years old. Oh, okay. <laughs> I started, oh, I'm young. <laughs> I started with 10 years of public health. <gasps> I have four degrees, as you know. Uh-huh. And I was going to go in public health when the, my uh, professor in public health told me to go to medical school. Uh-huh. I was already, I thought, too old for medical school, but I got accepted. And then I went into family practice when I finished medical school. But because of my public health background, I was always doing things in public health mm-hmm. throughout my entire career. And I was oh. on demand for uh, things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. I was on a lot of committees. Mm-hmm ethics committees where we tried to improve the way uh, things were done in California to avoid the harm to patients Mm -hmm. and, of course, uh, other things as well. I've got to ask you, and I know our audience, this is the week after the election of last week, and California had the marijuana law on there, and I uh, I would not, I, I, I have to ask you, and if you don't want to go into it, they didn't pass the marijuana law uh, and to, to have it legal for in California, not the federal government, that California would legalize marijuana. Uh, what do you think happened there? I know there was quite a, an advocacy group pushing that with money, enormous amounts of money to try to get that passed. Well, that's an interesting story because... When I was a young doctor, I certainly was against marijuana because I was against smoking anything, you understand. Mm -hmm. And then as time went by, I realized that marijuana probably caused less harm than uh, tobacco. Then the issue of the uh, people who made huge amounts of money and uh, sold marijuana uh, came up, and as time went by, I found that most of my patients, which who were only a few, who used marijuana, didn't use it excessively. And so I said, well, you know, uh, don't, I hate your smoking of anything, but if you're moderate, I'm not going to argue with you. And I was in favor of allowing marijuana to be legal in California because I wanted to get rid of the uh, people that uh, the villains that raise the cost of everything so high and fight and fight with our police and so on is uh, selling marijuana. Uh-huh. Okay, now let's go on to nutrition. Um, I believe you're going to teach us something. What do you think a person, because you say on your uh, some paperwork that people have got to learn to take be more proactive, I'll call it, to take better care of themselves. We have to, a little bit of time left. Uh, teach us about what you think a person should be considering every day when they get out of bed 
and begin to live their life about how they should take care of themselves. I think the magic sentence is everything in moderation. Mm-hmm. Uh, one should do some exercise every day, uh, w- whether it's walking uh, around the uh, neighborhood or uh, doing exercise in a gym or whatever. One should do exercise every day. Uh, one should be sure they're drinking safe, clean water. Mm-hmm. Uh, they should g- eat a variety of foods uh, and uh, avoid too much fat. Uh, they shouldn't be smoking. And frankly, and this is going to cause a lot of fuss in your uh, listeners, they shouldn't be drinking alcohol either. Right. If they do drink it, very, very limited. But, you know, too many people in our country drink too much alcohol. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there, there's where I have a thought of common sense to this. Um, we are a society that is so strangely, uh, well, first of all, I'm going to say we're dehydrating way too much quicker than they thought. You know, at one time, doctor, they thought we had enough moisture in the air to be able to supplement our lives and keep us really agile and detoxification and more. Then all of a sudden they came back with research not long ago. Oh, my gosh, they didn't realize there's not enough moisture in the air. And I've said, doctor, for years, uh, for the indoor conditions with insulated windows and walls and forced air heating and cooling are a pit. So, therefore, uh, that is just Zippo for moisture. Uh, when you come along and think of addiction, um, people think of addiction as maybe illegal or legal. And uh, we don't know who we are going to be, all of us. We don't know which one. Uh, it could be our favorite chocolate. It could be the glass of milk. It could be the weather. And it could be anything that uh, we don't know who we are going to be who have a compulsive addiction to something. And my, my, the concern that we all should be considering is how do you know which one we're going to be? So if you're smoking and you take a chance to smoke, you might get addicted to it. If you're drinking, you might get addicted to it. If you're smoking marijuana, you might get addicted to it. If you're on a prescription for back pain, you might get addicted to it. I, you like sugar? You like diet sodas? Uh, like smoothies? You, you don't know. And there's, there's my concern is uh, individuals are not getting educated enough about who, how to prevent yourself from getting caught up in an, an allergic reaction to addiction. And I'm going to call it that. Uh, it's a, it's a, la- a reaction that, that catches people by surprise. And then all of a sudden you're, bo- you're, you're being ran, your whole life is being operated by being in controlled by not what you might want, but by what the body is saying it's addicted to. Have you any suggestions to people out there about what they would do in case they would become compulsive? Well, firstly, I teach my patients and people around me to consider the sentence, everything in moderation. Mm-hmm. Everything in moderation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I've had addicted patients and have tried to work with them. Many of them have uh, uh, broken their ad- addiction, but many have not. Uh, and, of course, many of them don't share this information with me. Mm-hmm. They're embarrassed. Right. Well, that tells you something about what they're doing. They're doing it, but they know it isn't right. Yeah, they're concealing it. Yes. 
you shouldn't be in a position to conceal anything in your life. You should be proud of everything you do. Well, we only have a minute left, and, and, and you tell us about just what you said. Be proud of your life and the miracle you are. And how would you like to, uh, what would you like to say to the audience worldwide uh, where you're coming from on what you just said? Well, I have a philosophy. I think that at least 95% of the people on Earth are good people. Uh, I was recently hospitalized because of a serious condition, and I was in a wheelchair. It's amazing how many people would help me through doors, onto on and off vehicles, and so on. People are nice. Yes, there's some evil people in our world, but I like to think that most people are good people. I treat them as good people, and they treat me as a good person. Okay. Uh, your book, can uh, go to uh, www. Uh, all medicines are poison. You're wanting people to know it may not kill you, but they're not as healthy as we think. So it's med- uh, allmedicinesarepoison.com. Dr. Kirshner, you take care of yourself. You, uh, you've given a lot of your life to making a better life. And I'm going to do so until I'm gone. You will be here a long time, I know. I would hope so. Well, I've already outlived the average, you know. I know you will go beyond that. (laughs) You have a very special day, and you be well. Wasn't that that something, uh, his background and his outlook on what he's been giving for so many years? We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears I Missed. Did you know that when you touch your eyes with an eye drop, that floods it, it causes the dehydration? Nature's Tears Eye Mist is just a mist with 100% all-natural tissue culture graded water with just a mist to supplement the moisture, to slow down the moisture loss. We'll listen to our sponsor and we'll be right back with Art Bernstein. World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Art, are you with us? I absolutely am. 
Well, thank you for joining us. And um, I want the audience to know Art has been on many of our shows, and I know Art very, very well. We work together. And uh, Art is a naturalist and an author of many, many hiking books. Uh, and you've, you've got a new one you're working on. Before we go into the Warner Lakes, tell us a little bit about your new book. Okay, and first what, of all, I want to say Dr. Kirshner was wonderful. I loved he was, him. He was. He uh, was. A very sweetheart man. Very um, dedicated to life, yes. And about watching what you take, that's up to you as well as the doctor, probably more than the doctor. If I took, I was just thinking, if I took every single thing that a doctor's ever prescribed, I would be a walking zombie by now. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, most of what the doctor prescribes, well, I think about Well, and you know, and say, Art, nah. I'm going to say, say very quickly uh, that doctors want that too. They want you to come to them with, uh, you've, you've, you've dialed up and you made an appointment to go see them. They didn't yeah. call you. You called them. So as you go to see them as a person, and we walk in, all of us, and we're going to see them because we usually waited until we got really complaining bad. Then all of a sudden we go in and we want them to be knowing everything about us that might be uh, uh, solving a problem. And they're hoping to gosh for their own for their own medical practice that you're being more proactive about why you're there. And I'll defend. Yeah, yes, yeah. the doctors of the world are dedicated to saving lives. And if lives they're not, and, you need to see a different doctor. And and um, we've uh, Dr. Kirshner uh, with his practice and all the doctors that have worked with me from all over the world that I've had on my teams and scientists, so on and. Very rare people that join me out there in the world that know that proactiveness and concern of your health is very important so that when you go to the doctor, that do you have in front of you like your own little diary or log to kind of give them an idea of what you've been eating, you haven't been eating, and what the symptoms are. Um, But back to hiking. Um, Tell us about your latest book. And then we're going to move into the um, the Warner Lakes in the Heart Mountain Range uh, yeah, in Oregon. I have two books coming out in the spring, uh, mm-hmm. both by uh, Gold Pequot Falcon Press. Uh huh. And one of them is a, a second edition to my book Weird Hikes, and it's mm-hmm. got five new stories, and they're all books having to do with hiking in strange places and mm-hmm. odd things that happened uh, while hiking. Now, before we and the other on, one is uh, yeah, called Best Easy Day Hikes in, okay. within 90 Miles of Eugene. Now, uh, we'll, we'll get into the topic today real quickly about the lakes and Heart Mountain, but, uh, but when, what would be a thing to tell the audience that was the weirdest thing that you ever had happen? You said you had about 13 weird things, but what was the weirdest? <laughs> I saw a black cougar. Uh, a black cougar in front of you. There have been like five black cougar sightings in the Trinity Alps wilderness in the last hundred years. Mm-hmm. And uh, most uh, biologists say that they don't exist and it's not possible. Mm-hmm. But I saw one. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, you hike all the time. Yes. Do you ever, how many weekends out of a year, for how many years have you been hiking? I would say half the weekends. 20 to 25 times a year I go hiking. Okay, and how many years? summer I was working on a book, so I was hiking every How many years has that been? Uh, 40. I've been out west 40 years. Okay, so 40 times. uh, I've been in the Trinity Alps Wilderness 
okay, every so single one of those. The uh, chances years. of you walking into a black cougar was better than somebody who is not writing books and hiking all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about the Warner Lakes in the Heart Mountain National Antelope Refuge area in Lakeview, Oregon. You mean my favorite place in Oregon? That is, huh? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, you drive to Lakeview and you you go over the Cascade Mountains and then you go over some other mountains and uh, you end up in Lakeview, which is near a range called the Warner Mountains, which almost hit 10,000 feet. Uh-huh. Um, and then you go over those mountains and then you hit this desert valley and then you hit uh, this, there's this desert mountain range on the other side of the desert valley, mm-hmm. uh, also called the Warner Mountains. But there you're getting into an area that's called the Basin and Range, which means the mountains are formed by pulling apart instead of pushing together. Well, so you have know, these back long, up. narrow mountain ranges Art, now, and these long, let's, narrow, sunken valleys. Art, let's educate the audience, because uh, you've helped me learn what you just said. But educate your audience about why you mean those mountains are pulling apart, not pulling together. What does okay. that mean? Educate them. There are three kinds of mountain ranges. Mountains formed by volcanic action, mountains formed by compression, which is where the land pushes together. The Himalayas are two land masses colliding. Now that, that and remember, uh, to explain why those mountains are pushing together, was it all by uh, themselves the or was it after moving. volcanic action? The, 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 the continents are moving. Okay. So when two continents collide, they... Uh, there's lots of folding and deformation and piling up and, and it forms a mountain. And how long ago was that happening? I couldn't know. A long time ago. That, yeah. Millions Actually, of years ago. Happening. And it's still happening, but more subtle. Or was it always subtle in those days? Uh, well, if you were to come back in 10 million years and look at the United States, you would see major changes in, in, in the landforms. Mm-hmm. How much of a pl- how much does water play in all that? Is water a very important part of, of, of all that from the beginning? Water tears mountain ranges back down and returns the material to the ocean, so it starts the cycle over again. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the the cycle of mountain building is never ending. Mm-hmm. Um, the water washes off the continental shelf, and I mean the the, the silt from from the rain. Mm-hmm. Washes off the continental shelf. It deposits as uh, on the edge of the continental shelf, and then when it builds up to a certain point, it causes compression underneath it, which causes uh, things to happen. Mm-hmm. So that's why you have the the high Cascades and the Western Cascades. One or the other is just uh, Here in progressively moving eastward. Uh-huh. Uh, every every as, as you move westward. The mountain ranges are all parallel to the coasts, and every one of them is older. As you move eastward, uh, every now, one of them is younger. Now, I'm going to back you up real quickly. That's in Oregon. Now, is that, yeah. is, that, is, that, is that normally everywhere in the world, where the, the ocean's on one side and, and uh, those mountains are on the other well, side? Well, yeah, because, I mean, the, the mountains define the coast. Mm-hmm. Like the Andes uh, are parallel to the coast, but... Uh, that's because the coast is where it is because the Andes are there. Okay, that's what I was after for you to say. Yeah. yeah. 
Now, tell us about the Warner Lakes and the Heart Mountain National uh, uh, Forest. Why did you choose that one today? Uh, the, I, the first time I saw it, I was just so unexpected. I'm driving. I drive uh, past Gearheart Mountain and through Lakeview and over the War- through the Warner Mountains, and then you come to this big desert valley, mm-hmm. nothing but sagebrush. Mm-hmm. And on the other side is this 3,000-foot-high cliff. Huh. And there are some 8,000-foot mountains on top, and they're all no trees. Uh, no, no trees? No trees. But then as you, you drive along the... Uh, now, wait a minute. No trees, so it's solid rock. Uh, rock and grass. Okay. Uh, sagebrush. Sagebrush. Okay. Uh, occasionally there are little pockets where it's moist. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, uh, quaking aspen. Okay. But there's no forest. Uh-huh. It's all desert, like the Steens Mountains. And this is in eastern Oregon. It's in central or south central uh, Oregon. Okay. Uh, you get to the top of the uh, cliff. The road go makes its way up to the top of the cliff. And what's the na- What what road is that? What's it called? Uh, it's just the, it's the road from Lakeview to Plush, and then there are signs that say to Heart Mountain Antelope. Okay, okay, that's what I was after in case somebody was listening right. and came to Oregon or live in Oregon. Okay. Yeah, you're more likely to see antelope on the way to Plush than you are in, in the refuge, by the way. Mm-hmm. These, these are uh, pronghorns, they're called. They're not actually true antelopes. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you get to the top of the cliff, you look down, and there are these string of lakes. And this is six thousand feet high. Uh, the, the 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 valley is maybe three thousand feet. Okay, and, and you're looking down cliff, and you're seeing uh, the mirage along the base of the cliff. Uh huh. Is a string of lakes nestled up against the the cliff, and uh, sometimes there's six lakes, sometimes there's a thousand lakes, depending on how wet the previous winter's been. The previous few winters. Now, when you say a thousand lakes, that means a thousand individual lakes. Yes, varying in size from a half acre to maybe fifty acres. My goodness! Uh, it's incredible when the lakes well, are the full. Well, the first thing that I, comes to my mind. Like the first thing that comes to my mind is to do, have that much many lakes. There's got to be an enormous amount of aquifer water below there. Absolutely. Okay. But lately they've been drying up, so uh-huh. that's the thing that struck me this time. Was uh, I was there a month ago? A few years ago, we had a, a, a several-year drought, and the lakes got muddy, and they got you know they they mostly dried up, but they didn't quite dry up. This time I went there, and the lakes are completely gone. There's nothing but grass now. Huh. So I'm hoping that some more wet winters will fill them back up. But uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never seen them this dry, so that you couldn't even you, you wouldn't even know that there had been a lake there. Mm-hmm. They're completely dry. Mm-hmm. Now, what about the wildlife that are there? Um, because wildlife draws toward water. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, the southern two lakes, Heart Lake, and I forget what the other one's called. Uh, there's some wetlands there that. Uh, are part of the wildlife refuge, and they preserve the water there. So there's mm-hmm. uh, there's ducks, and there's uh, pelicans, and there's mm-hmm. eagles, and there's all sorts of stuff. So you have pelicans that, that high up? Yeah. 
I had no idea. Yeah. Huh. I love pelicans, by the way. Oh, well, I had never seen a pelican on a lake, uh, not, you know, uh, like that. They're on it's Klamath Lake. Have you ever seen the pelican dance? At Klamath, I have. Have you seen the pelican Klamath dance? Klamath Oregon. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have. They form themselves in a semicircle. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they do this. About maybe five or six of them will form a semicircle, and then in unison, they all stick their slowly stick their head underwater, uh-huh. and then I'll pull it back up. Uh-huh. And then a, a minute later, they'll all stick their head underwater again, all all in unison. Always all together. Back up. I don't know why they do that. That is fascinating. <laughs> that, that could make a, uh, like they have the swung song, they could have the pelican. Pelican, <laughs> yeah, it's the strangest thing <laughs> I've ever seen. As soon as you started saying that, I thought of the song. Um, so what would you like to tell our audience before we're done here? And We only have a couple of minutes left about why you chose this particular spot to discuss today. Oh, I, I just I love the lakes, and I was concerned that they're drying up. Mm-hmm. But uh, up on the top of the ridge, uh, there are also some lakes, mm-hmm. and and those are not dried up. Mm-hmm. And how That's big one, are those? One lakes? of the great four wheeling places that I've ever been to. Now, how how what, what's the size of those lakes? Uh, two three acres. Okay. We were there a couple months ago, and instead of staying on the main road, we were using our four-wheel drive truck, and we're going up all these little side roads. and mm-hmm. We had a great time. We went to one lake. We got bogged down in mud on the way, so we had to turn around. Another lake we got to, and it had Indian petroglyphs on the rocks on the side of it. What is that? Uh, Indians carved little figurines in the rocks uh, hundreds of years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How fun. That's exciting. Oregon is full of magic uh, to me. Uh, of course, I'm yeah. audience. I'm a born Oregonian, but we only have a one minute left. Uh, how? What would you like to say to the audience about coming to Oregon and hiking? Uh, a great place to hike. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the California far north is also a fantastic place to hike. Mm-hmm. When I'm not in Oregon, I'm in the Trinity Alps or Marble Mountains, which I love. Mm-hmm. So, and your books can be found uh, where? Anywhere. Look up Weird Hikes or look up Art Bernstein. Okay, Bernstein, B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N, Art yep. Bernstein. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us. I enjoyed it as usual because I love that hike. Great. Thank you, Art. Have a nice day. Have a great day. Bye-bye. When you're thinking about our uh, Dr. Kirshner today and all the guests we've had on through the years uh, about what their, uh, their, their mission of life is to give you the better education and be more proactive about how to take better care of yourself. You know, there's, I've said it for a long time, nature's pharma first. Be naturally in tune to who you are. That's your nature side of you. When you go to the doctor, take your logbook with you, your diary with you, to talk to the doctor of what's in front of you, what you've been eating, what you haven't been eating, and some of the ideas you think that might be causing the symptom of why you went. We've been learning a lot about how to drink water. We all should be drinking 8 to 10 glasses of water in a 24-hour period because you are the water you're drinking. And remember, that's your detoxifier. You're mostly water already. Uh, we need to think more about our nutrition. 
for example, this spinach salad with a little bit of arugula and some shredded um, coleslaw on it on top and some shredded carrots and and uh, some uh, different uh, sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds and a light oil and a little bit of lemon juice and get that dark green in you every day. You know, the one thing you have to learn that Earth, Earth has a secret, that you are special. You need to embrace yourself. And if you're embracing yourself, you'll also embrace somebody else's life too because it'll come nature to you. But Earth is whispering. Don't say goodbye, because if you say goodbye, you won't leave something behind for the rest of us that makes you immortal. You need to leave a footprint to help us out while you're gone, too. Make that a very serious earth secret and an earth whisper. I want to thank you for listening. We did learn a lot today. Thank you to all of our guests for over three and a half years. Have a nice day and be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com.